everybody, and welcome back to iHealth Radio. I'm your host, David Meyer, for The David Meyer Show. I'm so glad to bring to you my very first guest on iHealth Radio, the one, the only, John Denny. And John and I are going to talk about the genesis of the Harmony exercise, something that's changed my life. And so this is really a special episode near and dear to my heart. There's so much that goes into my own development here. And by the end of this show, it's going to go into your own development. And we're going to enlighten you with this amazing meditation, the story of John Denny, how he came to be uh, to do the Harmony Exercise and creating his website, theharmonyexercise.com, and how he does his live harmonies every day. It's, it's really going to be an inspiring story for all of you. And so without further ado, let's get into the next episode on iHealth Radio, David Meyer Show. I'm your host, David Meyer, again, and we're going live 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm sorry, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time's Thursdays and on Tuesdays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can follow me on Instagram at Dave M. Meyer. Send me an email, dave at plperform.com. So without further ado... Let's get into it. John, thank you for joining me, man. Dave, I am honored to be here and honored to be your first guest on this radio show. We've done a awesome. lot of podcasts together and it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. And John and I started the first episode of the Injured to Elite podcast actually about a year, a little over a year ago in January. And I really thought it was important to kick the whole idea off of taking yourself injured to elite mentally, physically, by including this harmony exercise, which has been so special for me. So let's introduce everybody to your story. Why don't you give everybody out there a little introduction to how this all came about? Well, I'm not sure what came about, but uh, my name is John Denny, and I have been... Uh, you know, working, I, I've been using this meditation that I do now for since 1985. So for over 30 years. And whether it's about meditation or not, it's about learning to take control of our minds and think the thoughts we want to think. And when we, you know, when we get that level of control of our minds, life becomes a wonderful experience. When we are not in control of our minds, life is a miserable, confusing experience. Absolutely. And so just giving a little backstory into this amazing harmony exercise and, and our introduction to each other. So back when I was working for the St. Louis Cardinals, those of that have heard of our previous shows know my story. And I was working for the Cardinals. I was working with a gentleman by the name of Damian Leroy, who happened to have a pretty gnarly injury from a kite surfing accident, or I'm sorry, a, a, a paragliding accident and made national attention. Crazy story. And I was really honored to, to work with him a little bit down in Florida. And one day, Damo and I were at the Palm Beach Gardens Mall. And sure enough, we bumped into you, John, and your wife, Barry. And immediately, Damo says, oh, you have to meet this man. John Denny is a legend. The things he's done align so perfectly for sports performance. And lo and behold, you actually wanted to get your get some work going in the professional baseball world and so I came to your office and that was that infamous meeting where I <laughs> kind of shot down some of the things that we joke around about that um, but that day forward for me was life-changing learning about heart math and all these concepts that I've now started to hone in on and it, it really I'm so I'm so thankful for meeting you. And let's talk a little bit about the specifics with what you do with some of these tools like heart math and, and, and heart mind focus and meditation. Well, you know, I believe that the happiest athlete is going to have the best chance of winning, given that everybody has the same level of skill set all at this highest level of performance. What's going to, what's going to difference? What's going to make the difference when it comes down to the final you know, the final uh, count. And I believe it's not really the physical because they're most athletes at this level have that wired. It's not really the mental, you know, the mental isn't super important, but the most important is this, this higher level, this love of the game, this, you know, it's almost the spiritual level. So it's this love and gratitude and the, 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 
the happiest players and the ones who seem to be embodying those things always rise to the top week after week, sport after sport. And I've seen it year, you know, just year after year. And so I'm like, well, if there's one thing we can be in control of, it's how our attitude is. And so, you know, now what can we do? How do we, you know, we realize and buy into the fact that we have to control our thoughts at this highest level? You know, what is the CrossFit? How do we do it? Where's the gym? How do you learn how to think? You know, where is the how-to? And I believe through your Injured to Elite programs, you are bringing it to a huge amount of people right now in the educational world, in the sports, you know, in the professional sports world. And, uh, you know, and we do what works. So it, it, it can't be overstated the importance of this mental, emotional side of the game. And, you know, luckily, Dave, we've learned how to play it and we want to teach people how to do so. It's been amazing. So since I met you in 2016, and I started meditating and, and going deeper into mental performance. As everyone's heard my story, I was working with the ball players and I knew something was missing. I was a psych major and you filled in the gap there. And what connected me to your story so deeply was number one, of course, we all know John Denny practices what he preaches and your story meeting Carol Ryder back in the eighties, the year I was born, 1985, you're meeting Carol. So tell everybody about this, this man, Carol Ryder, and how this kind of was the kickoff for a lot of this for you. Okay, so I graduated from Syracuse University in 1984 and a half and uh, graduated in December. And right upon graduating, I decided we were going to head to L.A. and I was going to become a famous actor or director or producer or model or who the hell knew what, but I was going to get discovered in something which I had no skills at. And so I went out there and within a, I, got, I think we went in December by February 2nd, 1985, my mother called me up and said, I want you to put on a tie and go up to this man's birthday party. And it was up in the Hollywood and we walk in and there's all the old stars, Cesar Romero, Rudy Valley, all these old, you know, Elizabeth Taylor, like all these old stars. Wow. And, uh, and I didn't even know who Carol Ryder was. I didn't know if it was a man or a woman. I didn't know anything about it. But over the night, I'd learned it was the 85th birthday and he was the astrologer to the stars. Now, so he was he was Hollywood's therapist, basically. And everybody came to him to have their stars read. And but we'd get to meet him. And a few a few weeks later, we go out to lunch with him. And it quickly became apparent to me he was the happiest person that I'd ever met up to that point in my life. The most fulfilled, calm, peaceful presence be around it was kind of like being around a gandhi or something he was just and he was so happy always laughing always playing tricks and fun and you know and he was 85 years old so i was like well how in the world do you get to be that old and be that happy and, and you know so i wanted to find out how and we would spend a lot of time with him from 1988 he passed away in 1988 so from 1985 to 1988 we spent a lot of time with him and we would go to his uh, little chapel and learn how to meditate and go to his house. We'd take him out to breakfast, go back to his house and we'd do this harmony exercise, which I believe is really the crossfit of the meditation world. You know, if you just step back and look at the basics of it, it covers all the bases. Meditation, the relaxation, the affirmation, to intention, to connection. I mean, the list goes on and on. So, you know, John, you dialing it back, you were an athlete growing up and played a lot of sports. All of a sudden you're meeting Cal Ryder. What was that first day that you did the harmony? Like, I know a little bit of the backstory there with JB and you, but what was that day like? Well, he invited us. So he invited us on a Thursday night. He said, why don't you with me on a Thursday night and learn go do this meditation and 
it, we went to, we went to this small little room and again I'm 23 years old and you know the, the next youngest person is probably 70 so it was a very strange situation we go to this room and uh the minister or the I forget who yeah the minister came in and he led us through this meditation and it was almost like I felt like I'd done it before but it was so complete and I just walked out and I was like wow that's amazing and over the years you know I've tried every which one I've tried mindfulness and TM and uh chanting and, and I've tried you know all kinds of different meditations and this one is just it stood the test of time mainly because it makes sense it makes common sense you know what so, you think about you bring about right Right. I love all the quotes that you've, you know, shared me and what we resist, we what will, what we resist will persist. Idle time is time for the devil. I mean, I, you know, are you going to win to be happy or be happy to win? All these quotes that you've shared with me have become ingrained in me. And I think the thing that's attracted me most to the harmony, because I've done a few, I haven't done transcendental meditation and a lot, but I've done headspace and, and Abraham Hicks and, but with the harmony, these principles that you've bestowed on, on me now have been so heavy in my life, whether it's health, harmony, abundance, right action. These things are beyond meditation. They go into whether we're an athlete performing, whether we're in pain, we're ill, we're trying to reestablish health. I mean, that's something we should talk about, right? Perfect, perfect health. It's our natural condition. All these principles, how different that is than just doing a relaxation exercise. So let's, let's explain to everybody, like this is a separator because of the fact that these principles supersede being relaxed. Well, I just want to make it very clear to everyone. I had nothing to do with making this up and Dave, well, I and Dave both feel that we're perpetuators of this incredible exercise. I'm not going to get into any, you know, philosophical battles of where it came from, but I believe it's well over two to 3,000 years old. I believe that this meditation has been around for ages and ages beyond. Um, and I believe that, that it becomes a toolbox. So as we go through life, you know, if we're always, if we have foundational principles, we have our truth that is true to us, then it gives us a emotional place to work from. So the principles and the harmony that you were talking about, this relaxation and health and oneness and harmony and abundant supply, all these become, they, they become a condition because we affirm them over and over and over again. And then, you know, then it becomes our defense system. It becomes everything. But most importantly, like you said, the harmony exercise is like a toolbox has seven. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, has seven principles in there and um, we, we end up using them all through the day. You know, you pick them apart, you practice them in the morning, but then all through the day, I'll just, Oh, maybe I'll take a breath here. I think this thought here, I, I do it all the time. Right. Right. And I love how you talk about a reprogramming, a daily reprogramming of our thoughts, because if we don't reprogramming, re, if we don't reprogram our thoughts on a daily basis, then it's going to go into its default. And I think that's where I felt the separation from, for instance, doing headspace, which I do headspace still. Sometimes I'll do that to get me to a harmony, mm -hmm. right? But the difference is this is a little bit more of like a reset. We have to reset every single day. Okay. So, uh, you, you know, you, you've never heard me say anything bad about any meditation form, any kind. So I believe everything works for everybody. I believe the harmony, again, it goes back to common sense. Why do I do it? Because it makes sense. Now, Carol explained, and I don't want to get religious, but it says we're transformed by renewing our mind. And like you said, we're going to renew it into something. Most people get up and renew it into their problems, into their fears, into their worries, into like, what am I going to do about this? Into why the hell did I do that? And they get stuck in the future and past, and they never enjoy this moment of time. And the harmony exercise, you know, it really does. It, it brings us to that moment of time. And um, 
you know, it's just, it's, it's set up in such a way that it's, it's repeatable, it's reliable, it's transformative. So we transform by thinking these thoughts because what Carol told me when I first met him, the first, you know, you just said all those thoughts that you remember that I've told you. Well, my mind rings with the ones that he told me. And the first two thoughts are things. Okay. And the second was we become what we think. And those, you know, I'd heard them hundreds of times. And one day they went off. They're going off in my daughter's mind right now. You know, oh, I know thoughts are things. I, I am where I am because of the thoughts I've been thinking. And when we realize that, then we're like, whoa, I better take control of the thoughts I'm thinking because tomorrow I want to be healthier. I want to be happier. I want to be performing better. I want to be. Um, more harmony with my families, uh, have more wealth and freedom and have abundant supply. Uh, you know, I want to be grateful for all those things. And when you start to use that stuff consciously, <clears throat> as above, so below, we just, it manifests just boom, boom, boom. It's, it's unbelievable. I, yeah, that's really how I felt with, with everything that I've gone through over the last few years of my own personal development and really going outside the box as a physical therapist and working more in this space on the mental side, whether they're an injured athlete or they're just looking to develop themselves as a professional. I, I want to talk a little bit about, first off, this whole concept that you and I discuss, manifestation, right? A lot of people want to learn how to manifest things. And a perfect example, we talk about Ryan Sheriff. Ryan, who plays for the Tampa Bay Rays, he's in spring training right now. And he talks about, I want to manifest the big leagues. And we take me, I wanted to manifest success with clients and building my brand. And a lot of people, they want to just quickly appear, but and they read a book like The Secret, which I'm not knocking or something of that nature. However, they miss this very important step, this fundamental thing that you talk about all the time, that thoughts are things and what we think about, we bring about and how doing this on a daily is what leads to that manifestation. And people want to just skip right over that because they don't see the results and they don't go <laughs> inward. So let's, let's try and school people a little bit on that. Uh, you know, it's funny. I uh, just, we can talk about this later, but I just got back with my daughter and taught a, we just did a volleyball practice. I was teaching the visualization technique with serving. And there's three steps. There's knowing what you want. So I just said internet connection unstable. So anyway, there's three critical steps. One, knowing what you want. Two, believing that you can achieve it in your knowing that you can achieve it. It can be a high, high goal, but you have to believe it in your being and then you will achieve it. Here's the problem. Most people I can conceive. I want to be a big lead baseball player. Okay. I'm going to tell you that right now, Dave, I'm going to hire you. I want you to help me today to become a big lead baseball player. And you're going to be like, well, John, you're 58 years old. You never really played baseball. I don't think you can do it. And you're going to, you're not going to believe me. You can't be my mastermind partner. You can't be my coach. And, and really for me, you got to tell me, yo, bro, you're 58 years old. You ain't going to make it in the big leagues period. Yeah, we can't believe it, but I can conceive it. I can think I can make it in the big leagues, you know, cause my mind is still thinking at 20 years old. Right. I, I don't know that I'm 58 in my mind, but my body does. But so I can commit, I can conceive conceive of an idea that's that's not believable that's here is the big problem with manifestation people don't believe it okay they they think they want it they say they want it they kind of draw the picture but if they don't believe it and they get what they believe not what they want that's so, one of my favorite ones with you oh i love that quote right and, and and it happens over and over so it's not that the law doesn't work this law of thought works as well as the law of gravity. It works unconditionally every single time. If it doesn't work, we're not applying it right. And, you know, 
and you'll watch. And so why do people get all this misery in their life? They're applying the thought just fine. They're implying the thought is, you know, I'm so sad. I'm, oh, this COVID thing is such a horrible thing. Oh my, you know, so-and-so died. So-and-so sick. I'm broke. The, the, the Biden sucks. Trump sucks. Whatever. They're all miserable because of the thoughts they're thinking. That's it. That's what, that's, that's all it is. It's what's coming out of their mouth. And it's like, there's no other cause except that. So we live in this cause and effect universe. We, what we think as, a, in a, as above happens below. It'll be done in, as it is in my mind. Right, right. And I think your passion there speaks to this connection between mon, mind, body, spirit, right? Bringing all three elements together. You could think a thought, right? Your body has to believe it. You have to truly, you know, affirm it. Your body has to believe it and your spirit has to speak loudly. For the spirit to be involved, though, it has to be that sense of purpose, that tapping into your, you know, your highest vibration and frequency. Go ahead. Ryan Sheriff could tell you, I am a big league player. He he told me that when he came and stayed at my house. And he was, you know, in in, in the minor leagues here at, at, at right still when I when he came to my house. But you know, he told me he was a big league player. Well, and, and I, I believed him. I could see him as a big league player. I didn't know many, but you gave me this opportunity to work with him that night and, and he stayed at our house. And then what do we see a, a year or two later? He's on the World Series, playing in the World Series. I mean, that's crazy. From sleeping in my, in my son's room to playing in the World Series. How crazy is that, you know? Yeah. But why? why? He conceived it. He believed it, you believed it, I believed it, and That's so did whoever he, else he convinced over there at the baseball field believed it, and boom, it happened. But there was the belief was there, that, that element of he knew that he knew that he belonged there. Right, right, and I think the key there is he's now – putting out that energy people around him see that he believes it and then there's that attraction or you can call quote unquote the law of attraction whatever you want to call it and then now it starts to manifest and starts to build and i think go ahead yeah and then you have a good outing and you're right. grateful for it and then what does that happen and then what happens you have another good outing and you're grateful for it and then you start to apply this law he already loved the game right so now he's applying the law to his successes and each would build on the next and voila look where we are I world series right exactly and and i the testament you know we talked about we do this harmony gratitude circle every day around noon on clubhouse it's an awesome thing we've put together and we put we say something we're grateful for and then we put into right action something and we mastermind it which is which is awesome and we just talked about this last week. We, I got an apartment that I didn't think I was going to get with my fiance and, you know, a new vehicle and all of these different things. And your daughter, Allie, and you are coaching Stoneman Douglas, which is unbelievable. And so it's incredible what the power of thought and belief can do. Let's share with everybody. Your, tell, tell everybody a little bit about Allie and you, and you, what you've been doing with the Stoneman Douglas team uh, out, out in Florida and, and all that Parkland, Florida, the tragedy that happened. Well, that's just a miracle that I can hardly believe what's going on down there. You know how much I like coaching and I, I'm not, I, you know, I can't even tell you exactly. Allie will probably have to tell you on sort of a future show, but somehow she ends up with the head coaching job at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, which is an 8A high school, 3,000 kids. And she is the head coach for the men and women's volleyball. Incredible. And incredible. I mean, I, I don't even understand it, really. And she tells the athlete, my dad's going to be my assistant coach. And, and no, no one seemed to have a problem with that. And so her and I have for the last six weeks or more been coaching this high school volleyball team from a team that won zero games last year. And now we're one, we're uh, two and one and two and oh in the district. And, you know, I believe we have a super good chance to be the district champions and, and watching her coach has just been unbelievable. 
and we coach, you know, we coach in love. We don't cut, we don't, you know, we don't punish. We don't make kids do push-ups for, for bad plays and unless it's kidding around. And, and, uh, and these kids are just rising to the occasion. We are creating this team. Um, today was the first day we brought them through a simple meditation and watched their bodies just relax and sort of become one team together. And it's just, you know, it's like a dream come true, not to mention getting to watch my daughter coach at this level. is just mind boggling. Right. And I mean, Allie's been through her amazing journey as a high level division one volleyball player and her experience at the university of South Carolina and then with the Gamecocks and with uh, FIU and her own journey of getting into the harmony herself. It's, it's unbelievable how it's taken her to all these far places and, and being mentored by you and fathered by you and you being a part of it. And the fact that look at what you're doing. I mean, it's, we should just Stoneman Douglas, right? They have their absolute tragedy that happened several years. And I couldn't imagine how that's affected academics, how that's affected athletics. And now you're in the situation where perhaps you're part of a healing that might be occurring, which is incredible to me. I mean, I have the chills when I talk about it. And it's, you know, Dave, me too. And to be at ground zero right there, I mean, 17 people died, 34 got shot. We, Ali and I go to the gym. We must enter the same entrance that the shooter shot it because the, the building where it all happened is directly to our left. It has a big, um, big fence around it. And it's, you know, it's only four years ago. So the kids who are seniors now were freshmen when it happened. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's surreal, but, but you're right. It's like, why are we there? There's a, there's a higher level purpose. And then, you know, as we all know, and we talk about, um, I'm always looking for coincidences. Well, we live in Eagle's Nest. The, the name of our, the, the, the name of the gym in Parkland is Eagle's Nest. Um, it's just, You're you know, home. these coincidences and we feel like we're home. We feel like, wow, we're making a real difference. The, the, the girls volleyball team comes over regularly to tell us how excited they are for Allie to coach them. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. I think people should get an idea of just how many different things have gone into the lives of others around you and your family in the Denny's, like the stories of being in Hawaii and you know, people that I've been introduced to, like Mateo, DJ Mateo, who spent time with you guys in Hawaii and, and, and really looked up to you to help him in tough situations and the different people in your life that you've given open arms to, to help them in tough times. And, you know, you were riding big waves with Laird Hamilton. In Hawaii. I mean, you've been around some amazing individuals and you've opened your arms to so many people, including me. And now with, with these students, there's just so many of these coincidences around your life. And so many people out there are quick to kind of just, especially in my field, in healthcare, in physical therapy, in sports medicine, it has to make sense in a Western approach. If you talk about God, if you, if you, you know, you go outside of Western science, then all of a sudden you stepped into a territory of, it can't be true. Don't talk about that. But think about, think about all the, the, like you call them these coincidences and these people that have been healed around you and you yourself have gone on your journey of healing. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. We got, yeah. 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 Um, little dog thing. Uh, you know, I mean, I am, I'm extreme. One of the things that I'm really grateful for is these high level people that I've been fortunate to be around. And what's really been incredible is seeing how they all think, what makes them, you know, what makes them tick and what has made them as great as they are. And you know, to see those things in action and also to see what makes other ones fail. You know, what made the ones who we thought were going to be great not be so great? 
And so often it comes back to this. And I think, you know, I'm a very emotional person. So I think that what makes the real difference is dealing with the emotional level. So dealing with a mental game and dealing with the physical game or one thing, when you start to deal with the spiritual game, you're dealing with an emotional level. And that vibration, I think, is just so important. And that we're really instilling in this volleyball team, you know, you see a volleyball team is a really good place to work with the team because it stops and starts. And you got six people stopping a point and starting a point. And the great teams always come together between points. Good, they win the point or lose the point, they come together and reset the team. And over the years, we've seen the good teams, they'll come together after the points they win, but not necessarily after the ones they lose. And then the poor teams are the ones who, you know, they might have great athletes, but they're just six people out there playing volleyball and they don't really connect on any other level. So there are six people playing volleyball. They are on the same floor. They're passing the ball to each other, but they're only connected by the ball. They're not really connected by this higher force. And so Ali asked me the other day, dad, dad, we you know what, what, what book can I read to really, you know, start to get more of this stuff. And I'm like, Ali, yeah. let's start with 11 rings and let's read Phil Jackson and let's read, you know, so I was given that book a few years ago. I gave it to her and she comes out. She goes, dad, the first thing is a roomy poem. I'm like, I know. I remember you so told she's, me that. She's three chapters in now. I'm like, how's he coach? And he coaches with love. He said, it doesn't matter. He goes, you have, you can, yes. he goes, you can have all the skill you want, all the everything you want, but if, unless you have the love, it's not a team. It's just six guys out playing bo- basketball. And I'm like, ha, I guess there, that's where I got it so, from. Uh, Phil Jackson, he coached a combination of for the Bulls and the Lakers, right? Is that right? He, he coached Michael Jordan and Kobe. Without, yeah. my, without, without Phil Jackson, there was no Michael or Kobe. So, you know, you know let, let's talk about that. Let's is a perfect example. I love it. You got, we got all the, the people around us, all the, all the, the, uh, animal life. I love it. It makes me feel better seeing them. Um, so, you know, you got, let's, let's talk about Phil Jackson coaching Jordan, Kobe, right back in the, the nineties, the there was no mental performance coach for the bulls yet. I don't think, but Phil Jackson was coaching with this love, right? And now we fast forward, we look at these organizations that have doctor of physical therapy and PhD in sports psychology and mental performance coach, and they have all the hardware and, and all these things. But when we think about really, like you said, what's this, how do we get this higher forces to play within the, the, the athletes rather than just the game itself and, and, and even the mental strategies, this next level instead of hiding behind the title of sports psychologist or whatever fancy topic we're talking about, what is it that Phil Jackson did before it was even in vogue to talk about and talk about that? Okay. Well, so that's an easy one. And so if you ever watch that, that, uh, that Michael Jordan story, he, he had to make Michael believe in his teammates he had, he had to get them all to buy into the triangle offense. And, and the triangle offense is a very shared thing. You have to pass a lot. You're doing a lot, you know, so it's not a one-man band. And Michael was a one-man band. And so when he bought into his belief, he started to trust his t- teammates. You, if you're in the triangle, you got to trust who you're throwing out to. So there became this incredible trust between the players on his teams. And so Michael's importance wasn't, he wasn't the star player. You know, a great example of this is some of the dream teams that went to the Olympics. They took the star player from every team and they stunk, you know, no one trusted each other. They, they never gelled as a team because it was, it was the, the star and the star and the star and the star, but there was never, huh? The The big dream team. You had all, was that around 1995, right? In the, the mid-90s? No, the, er, the early dream teams were, were incredible. I'm talking about these later ones in these later right. years when they get some of these ones where it's just a bunch of star players and they didn't even win. They don't even win the gold medal. 
they have the best players in the world and they struggle to win the gold medal. You know, it's crazy. And the same thing is true, John, right? For an athlete that has all the skill in the world and they're not coming, they're not playing from the heart or they're not syncing up with the other players. They're not tapping into these higher forces. So let's, let's, take the, the harmony and, and, and some of those pieces there, those principles and how that goes into, even with your volleyball players, what are some of those pieces that help them be cohesive in terms of on the court, you know, the harmony tone and, and sending harmony out to, to others, right? We talk about universal harmony and how that plays into athletics. Right. So it goes back to this belief system. How do we develop belief system where we are believing in others and believing in, in others. And that's, you know, in, in a big way, that's what the harmony exercise does. It, it, it raises that level of understanding that we're one with this universe. There, there's a oneness that we have to develop, especially in a sports team, you know, there needs to, mm -hmm. and in a family, in a family. my, my uh, thought on the harmony exercise this morning, I believe was oneness and how, what is what has made the special ingredients to the success of my family, to the success of a, a good team? What is it? What is those ingredients? And, and you know, I, I believe it comes comes back to thinking the same thoughts at the same time. I always say it takes two people. What is it when two people have a fight or argue? This person believes one thing, and this person believes another. They have opposing beliefs, and they argue fight right well if if a person has you know so it takes two to fight well when you're really really firm in your belief systems you, you stop fighting there is you you don't defend anymore because you're not gonna you, you know you don't you don't buy into those right petty fights so you rise above that and then and you rise above that on the team so a great example is you you know we've all heard it uh people in the army or the military and they all say it you you don't love everyone in your platoon you don't you know no no i'm gonna take that back you don't like everyone in your platoon and a matter of fact there's probably some people in your platoon you really don't like or use the word hate but there's people you do not like now every single one of those guys you would die for because you love them at a level because you're on their team, you're in their platoon, you're a part of this thing that's bigger than yourself. And you love those guys, even though you don't like them, you know? And so I, I think that we start to go through life being able to deal with people we may not like or may not want to hang out with, but without losing our own peace, without losing our own peace of mind. Because each day, we, we raise our level of tolerance, our level of acceptance, our level of understanding that people are going to be how they are. In each and every day, we, we raise those things. So it's and almost like, just, right, right. It's almost like the more we have an inner strong belief with ourselves, we almost get ourselves out of that maze of, of going back and forth. And we're able to kind of, like you said, bring ourselves up to our highest level. And then it allows others to kind of do the same or really just still not allow that to get in our own way. But to talk about it a little bit, those that you feel a little bit of a bad sentiment towards, there's a, there's a line in the harmony, right? Sending universal harmony out to those that hold any judgments or resentments against us, or if we hold any judgments or resentments against anybody else, send them universal harmony, right? So right. I want people to take this with the boss, with the job interview of the people, maybe they they think that the interviewer is biased or maybe that it's their significant other and they're like, they're not getting my business plan. They're not getting my passion here. Or the athlete that's going out for a tryout or the, the parent that feels like a poor parent. All these different things of now sending that amount of universal harmony. Now people, they think of this and they're like, oh, you're telling me to love somebody that I have a resentment towards, but this frees you, right? Oh, this is, I love, you know, of course I love this whole concept, but you know, it, it's, it's easy to love your neighbor. It's easier to love your friends, but what it says is we need to love our enemies. Mm. And 
you know, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. We've all heard that one too. So it's this ability. Well, it all depends how you approach it. You know, if you can see, if you can see the, uh, if you can see the highest level in each and every person, right. Then you don't need to, you don't need to go to that level of judgment. Uh, I'm a little bit lost. That's interesting. So, so talking a little bit about see, right, right. So seeing in others, they're, they're even seeing beyond their flaws, seeing them right. at their best at their worst. Right. So in the physical world, when we see the person, well, let's take an example, right? So you're going in for an interview tomorrow. Okay. And you're interviewing with somebody that maybe they have a certain personality that's intimidating. They're a big shot, whatever. Right. When you go in that interview, if you go in that interview, knowing in the physical world, they look stern and I have to sit down and talk to this person. Ooh, I, I don't know how I feel about this, but this energy. But then if you go beyond that, send them harmony and see them at their fullest, at their best. Right. Or, or then, naked. <laughs> <laughs> Dust, you know who told me? I, I went to Dustin Hoffman once. I was in LA. And Dustin was at, at where I was at. And I, and, he, and I said, hey, how can I get better at public speaking? He said that. He said, well, pick one person out in the crowd and just focus on them. He didn't say naked, though. But, uh, but, you know, it's the same concept. So when we're going on that interview, right, with that potential boss, send them harmony because seeing them at their best allows you to operate at your best. So it's really, it's selfish, but it's a good selfish. Well, you know, and this brings us to a whole nother conversation in different okay. levels of consciousness. But basically, okay. I, I go through the world like everyone is just reflecting back to me a piece of me. And if I got a problem with somebody and I'm pointing my finger at them, well, chances are I have three pointed fingers back at me and I'm seeing a reflection of the thing in me that I don't like. Mm. And if I, wanna, if I want that person to change, I need to change that belief in me. So if right. I see someone being greedy, I have to say, hey, John, have you ever been greedy? And I have to be like, yes, I have. And so I'm just seeing in them what I don't like in me. And if I take that level of accountability, then I really don't have to judge them because it's not even them. It's just, you know, it, it, it's again, it comes back to me. And you've seen my T-shirt and you know my philosophy. Everything is my fault. And right. that's, a, that's an empowering statement. Everything, everything is my fault. And I created a lot of crap and I've created a lot of cream and a lot of wonderful things. And, but it's, but I have to be accountable at all levels for that. And that takes a lot. I mean, it's, it's not easy for somebody who's going through depression or anxiety and something that's a little bit of a shock and awe John Denny treatment. If you go into John's office, right? If we go into your office you're not going to be coddled. You're, you're, I think you're actually a very warm person and, and you're an emotional person, but you're not going to be coddled. You're going to be told, listen, this is the work you need to do. Right. Yeah. And, and unfortunately my tolerance is getting a little bit less and less um, because I realize now what we all need to do, you know, to really take control of our emotional and right. spiritual well being And, because again, you say that I practice what I preach. I do. And I see the results in my life. And we live in a cause and effect universe. And if people are getting effects that they don't like, and they are, things are happening to them and not through them, um, something's going wrong. Mm -hmm. So if we're finding our problems coming from the outside, you know, we've created those situations or our interpretation of them need to change that and this goes and i don't care I, you know i don't care if we're talking about terminal cancer or anything i know a lot of people in my life that are have just died or are going to die and they they are separated by their attitude you know and 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 some happy to the end and some live miserable but it, it but now go back to before they got their cancers it was the same thing some were had a positive attitude some has name so it, it only sort of sort of up the ante a little bit, you know, but I, I really believe that we can, it doesn't matter what life circumstances are. It really matters what our internal 
attitude and our internal barometers set at. And again, how do we change that? If I freak out at level one, I need to get myself up to a level four or five. And then, you know, so that I don't freak out at level one, I can at least make it to level five and hope one day I'll be able to make it all the way to level 10 without freaking out, if you know what I mean. So John, you've been doing the harmony exercise for uh, over 30, 40 years, right? So at, at that point, over, over your life and going through your own journey and, and challenges and, and businesses and moving around the, the, the world really in the country with your family, how do you find the, some of the inner battles against your own thoughts at times or, uh, you know, sending harmony to those that, that, you know, you've had to do, does it get easier for somebody that's right along in the journey? You said, this is what it's going to look like for the 30 years. Tell people a little bit about what that's looked like for you over your life in terms of, does it get easier or is it always that level of effort you have to put in? No, it gets way easier. It gets way, way, way easier. The more in harmony and happiness we get, we get, way easier you don't get flustered nearly as as easily at the at, at the higher levels and, and uh and how do you and keep, how do you keep on point okay so th this goes you said i've been I've, I've been meditating for 35 years right well that's kind of true i have been i learned the harmony exercise in 80 in 85 86 and and it's the foundation of uh, my marriage. It's the foundation of my parenting skills. However, I was not consistent. I, was, I would do it when the chips were down. I would do it when I was in a bad mood. I would do it when Barry and I were buying a house or a car or making a big decision. But it was never consistent. And as you know, in 2017, a friend of mine gave me a challenge to do it every day live. Well, today... I happened to look it up, is day 1,560 continuous days of doing the harmony exercise at least one time a day. And many days I've done it two or three times a day. But so I've not missed one day in 1,560 days. You want to know how to stay on point? That's you, what you got to do. You need, you know, you need that level of commitment because, but, it, but it's then again, it is it's, it's only effort for the first 60 days, you know, 90 days. It's not effort anymore. The idea of missing it would be an effort. I'm like, oh my God, what do you mean miss it? Like I'm going to miss, I have to miss breakfast. I have to miss the harmony. I, I just, I'm not going to miss breakfast. I'm not going to miss the harmony. I'm not going to miss these things that are important to me. Yeah. So it so it doesn't, it's not a problem for me anymore. You know, so people are like, holy crap, man, how do you do that? You know, 1500 days, that's out of control. I'm like, no, the, the first 21 were kind of out of control. But and after that, it got easy because what? once the habit was established, once the benefits were seen, you couldn't turn back. And, and when my wife and I finished that first year and we, we looked back, and she had gotten the dream, the, the, the job of her dreams. The, our kids were just so much stuff happened that first year of the harmony. I'm like, well, I'm not stopping. And, and then, you know, and then year two, the blessings came in truckload after truckload. I'm like, well, I'm not stopping in year three. And then year three came and went and so did alcohol. So did a whole bunch of other host of things and, and 30 pounds and this and that all went away. And then year four came along and we're like, let's keep on keeping on. And here we are now. And now you've joined us and we have people all over the world doing it. We have people in Thailand and people in Canada, Hawaii, and you know, I mean, just everywhere. It's unbelievable. And it's like, you're not taking down cough syrup every day. Uh, you know, you're not eating, you're not drinking medicine. You enjoy this. I mean, I've, 
watch some of the the sunrise, the live sunrises you record in Loxahatchee down in Jupiter, uh, and, and seen some amazing things in terms of the sharks going by during the harmony and just the different idiosyncrasies in the actual sunrise and the different thoughts of your day and being on the dock myself with you. That's not taking down medicine. That is an enjoyable, loving, fun experience in the morning. Right, so we're not talking yeah. about pain. We're no, talking about enjoyment. Uh, it, it can be a little painful at the beginning because you have to get up early if you want to get up at sunrise. But no, it's not painful at all. It is. It's quite the opposite. Yeah, it's a nice it, experience. Well, and it's renewing. So, you know, how do you? How do people get better at stuff, Dave? Intentional practice. Practice. That's the word, right? So, how do I know that tomorrow I'm going to be better? and more connected and better at the harmony exercise than I was today. Do it again. Because I did it today. I did it right. today. Right. I did it today. I did the harmony today. And, um, and I did a second one with the team. So I did basically two harmonies today. So I know tomorrow, because I put this cause, I, I put a cause, uh, tomorrow I will receive the effects of this cause, which will be a little bit better health a little bit better harmony in my relationships, a little bit more abundant supply in my life. I will receive all those effects tomorrow. And then get, and then how do I know I'm going to be better the next day? Cause I'm going to do it tomorrow. Now, if I was a, if I was a pitcher and I was saying, Dave, how, how do I know I'm going to be pitching better tomorrow? And, and you, you'd be like, Hey John, because you're going to go, you're going to go throw 50 pitches today and you're going to work on your slider. And then tomorrow you're going to take a day off. And then, and then on the next day, you're going to see that you're throwing better because I practiced. Right. And I think one thing to talk about, and we can, as we're getting towards the end here is how you, I think are a perfect example. And you're open about your past challenges. And you mentioned giving up alcohol and things like that. I think it's fair to say when, when you have a compulsion or, or an addiction that same energy, and you talk about the word tension a lot, that same tension can be shifted just ever so slightly. And that same force that was pulling you one way can pull you right back the other way. And I think people miss this, this small little, you know, the, the energy is still the energy, but it's how we frame it, right? Absolutely. And, and you will see, you know, People with addictive personalities, addicts are some of the people who aren't in the throes of their negative addiction are by far some of the highest performing people on the planet. Absolutely. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Absolutely. And just like you said, they've learned to focus that obsession. They've learned to focus that addiction to a place which is healthy, you know? And so, and that's, I've done, you know, I, I don't believe there's nothing special about me. I'm not a, I'm not a very, um, I'm not an anal person at all. I'm very lived in. We're not uh, anything like that. But this, in this particular commitment, I am almost anal. I just don't want, intensity. I don't want to miss it. I, there, there has to be a certain intensity. And, it, and another thing, which people pray and meditate when when things are going bad you know what i mean when stuff's hitting the fan and there's a lot of negativity going around when people are happy and really in a good mood they tend not to take that time for themselves however what i found that's when you really make spiritual progress that's when you really make these leaps and bounds aha moments is when you take time for yourself when you're already in a good mood not when you're stressed. Everybody's like, I got to take time for myself. I'm so stressed out, Dave. I really need to take time for myself. Yeah, you do, you know. But hey, Dave, I'm in a really good mood. Hey, okay, well, make sure you take time for yourself. Like, what? What do you mean? You know, but that's when it's the most important. So, and, yeah. and, and when, you, when, you, when you commit to a daily practice, well, you're going to be doing it when you're in it's a good standard. mood. You're going to be doing it when you're in a good mood, when you're in a bad mood, when you're in a medium mood, when you're in a sad mood, when you're in an angry mood. You're going to do it in all the moods because you're still waking up in that mood. So you're going to see the value it no matter where you start.
Right. And I, th this is something that I would call to be your standard. You have this standard you set and you're just not going to back off of it. 1,560 days or whatever number it is. Well, how have you done that? You set your standard. You have results. Days. Yeah. 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 And I've just, seen the results. I've seen you. You said your, your clients want to learn about manifestation. Well, change your thoughts. Yeah. The only reason I want to believe me, there's no, I'm, I don't want, I'm not trying to set any records. The only reason I'm getting up tomorrow is because the results I saw today and, and the miracles I saw today. Now I'm going to get up tomorrow and make sure I'm going to keep that going. Okay. But there's no, there's no, I'm not doing it. So I can tell you how many days I've linked up, you know, there's no, ego involved here it's like whoa look what happened today i want more tomorrow and this is what carol was all about you know you got this 85 year old guy i've never been happier than today and then the next day i've never been happier than today and the next day i've never been happier than today i was like wait a minute here i see a dementia <laughs> that's amazing yeah i mean that that's it's funny. It reminds me of my grandmother who, who she did have Alzheimer's and you know what? Every day was so beautiful. And it's really funny to think maybe the brain was functioning lower yet higher. How strange is that? Right? So we have to get out of our own way. Aha moment. Becoming like a child. We have yeah. to become like a child. It says it, you know, and, and when we do, we get place where we're pure, you know, where there is no judgment no ego no no any of that stuff no dave you know it just becomes this sort of presence well i think john something to rat if i had to summarize what we're talking about as well besides the whole element of, of thinking your thoughts the the way you should be thinking your thoughts for the results you want and the commitment you want is this whole idea of how you've gone all in it's not half in, it's not sticking your leg in, it's not signing up for a yoga class. We're not talking about trying a few days of a meditation. We're talking about a commitment and a life principle or principles in your life that you've kind of just set to be the way to go forward for you. And you're not going backward. It's just your standard. And I think if there's anything people get out of what they heard us speak about today, it's like, well, both of us were late on that and, and you have mentored me on it of jump into the deep end, make the commitment inside that you're going to allow yourself the opportunity to be grateful in thought and to, to, to be harmonious and to send it out. And you have this one chance in this, in this plane that we know of. And if you have it, then every single second, jump into it and, and seize it. And as simple as it is, jump in, commit to it. And it doesn't matter what religion you are. It doesn't matter what, what meditation practice you, you have. As a matter of fact, if you practice Headspace, then take something we talked about today from the harmony and take that and put that into, the, into headspace, put that into transcendental meditation, put that into your yoga practice, put that into your physical therapy. The principle of health, harmony, abundance, right action, I am, right? Can I? There's, there, 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 you know, it, it's funny because as over the last few years, my level of, when, you know, when you really, 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 really know, you know that you know that you know it and you sort of become, you almost, it's, it's not, you don't have to, uh, you know, you don't have to be scared. Like you have to defend it. It's like two plus two is four. You know, I don't, I don't have to get all defensive about that because it's just a just fact. Know. And I just know. And, and these principles are becoming like that to me, you know, they're becoming like two plus two. So I don't have to defend them anymore. And, and I, and I think that by living them, by being an example of my principles is by far the best way to teach them. I love. You know, I told well, everybody for years. Oh, you know, here, do what I do, not what I say. You know, I know, or do what I say, not what I do. You know, and right, and right, right. That that worked. People would listen to me, but I'm sitting there, you know, 250 pounds and out of shape and not really happy with myself. And and but then when you start to when you start to perform at a higher level, people ask. How do you do that? Why, you know, what do you do to be like that?
We're coming about to the end here, John. We're going to come off the air in a second. But but before we get off the air, let's just tell people theharmonyexercise.com, a free guided meditation. Definitely check that out. There's no strings attached. You'll learn so much more from John. We got to we got to have you come back on, John, because there's so much for us to talk well, about. And I'm so thankful to have you on today. Um, this well, is- let me let me just say that um, you know, I'm very fortunate. Dave's Dave's had me on his podcast. And if you read the injured to elite book, which is a great book, thank you. You will learn a lot more about the harmony exercise and about all of our philosophies. So thank you so much for having me. There he is. John Denny, the one and only, thank you so much. And I look forward to us having you back on. I think we just came off the radio, but we're still here live uh, for the, the, the YouTube and the video feed here. So it's been a pleasure having you. It's been absolutely awesome. We'll have you on again. Yeah, I health radio here and maybe we'll have Ali on and I appreciate you and your time as always, John love, much love to you, man. Keep control of your thoughts. Talk to you soon, Dave. All right, everybody, go head over to HarmonyExercise.com and get your free guided meditation, uh, nice, beautiful Jupiter sunrise, and head over to Injured to Elite on Amazon. Get a copy of my book. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next Tuesday at at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much.